everybody, James Shepard here with a special edition of the Merchant Sales Podcast. Today is going to be a shorter episode, but I want to give you trends at the macro level. So macro trends that we're seeing in the payments industry. This comes from the consulting side of my business with ccsalespro.com. I spent a lot of time sitting in my uh, chair I have right over here to the left of me in my studio uh, with a big bookshelf. And I spent a lot of time sitting there thinking, reading, uh, you know, reading uh, articles, talking to reporters in the payments industry, talking to CEOs of large companies, uh, ISO owners and small companies, individual agents, point of sale companies, pay facts. And so I have all of these different inputs from different companies and organizations in the payments ecosystem. And I then get to sit down and think about it. And every once in a while, I feel like, wow, you know what? There's a lot of trends that I'm seeing. And I want to make sure I'm sharing those trends with my audience here on the podcast to make sure that you're making the appropriate adjustments to your business and thinking through potential opportunities that you may not have had time to sit down and think about yourself or just simply haven't had the inputs from different individuals and companies to see these trends um, taking off. So we're going to do this in two episodes. I'm going to record it together here, but we're going to do it in two episodes. This week is going to be macro trends and payments. Next week is going to be micro trends and payments, meaning practical implications of uh, the trends we're going to talk about today. Let's dive in. Ready? Here we go. Number one on my list is a shift to electronic forms of payment. Okay. Now you might think this is the most obvious trend ever. And of course it is, but it has accelerated lately as we're looking at the numbers. Consumers continue to shift away from cash and check payments and they shift towards electronic payment. Now, you might think, well, James, this is old news. Well, you might think that. But what about things like B2B, which we'll talk about next week? You know, B2B transactions are making this shift. Um, you know, contractors making this shift. You know, a lot of uh, business types that really weren't doing a lot of electronic uh, transactions, now they are. And so we're just seeing overall, uh, the entire market is really shifting away from the cash and check payments. So this is good news for us because as we look at our industry at kind of the highest level and we say, what's the available market share? You know, what's happening in our space? The good news is there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on right now. And there's a lot of transactions that are going from that cash and check over to electronic payments. So the question is, well, how big of a piece of the pie are you going to be able to get? You know, you're going to, you need to make money on these transactions that are occurring electronically. And so the question is, how do you get a bigger piece or a bigger segment of that market of that pie? Okay. So number one is a shift to electronic forms of payment. Number two is a much more fragmented market, a much more fragmented market. Now, some of you might think that I'm a little crazy when I say this, because what you see in the news is you see this company acquires this company, this company acquires that company. And you see these roll-ups and these uh, mergers and acquisitions going on right now in our industry where lots of combinations. And so you might think to yourself, James, what do you mean fragmented? You know, the market's not fragmented. The market is, you know, coalescing around several humongous companies. And to some extent that is true. But when I say fragmented, what I'm referring to here is the verticalization or the specialization in our industry to where payment processing is becoming something that is integrated into technology. I mean, that's nothing new, but that technology is becoming much more, um, you know, uh, numerous. There's so many different companies which we'll talk about, but it's this idea of a fragmented market. As we look at it now, you know, you used to be able to say, well, I do payment processing. I sell payment processing and everybody kind of knew what that meant. Now it's like, well, what do you mean you sell payment processing? Do you sell, you know, 
QuickBooks plug-in integration to card not present merchants? Do you sell um, e-commerce solutions to e-commerce merchants? Do you sell um, B2B wholesalers on you know facilitating their, their payment transactions? Do you sell point-of-sale systems to restaurants? Do you sell retail inventory management? You know, it's it's really when you say I sell payment processing, the question now is almost okay, but with what technology integration, right? Maybe you sell standalone terminals to small merchants. Okay. That's a that's a niche, right? Um, but the idea here is that the market overall is um it's just it's becoming increasingly fragmented, meaning saying that I sell payment processing is no longer a thing. It's now you sell payment processing to who? And so this is a trend you got to be aware of because you know, on a, on even a higher level trend that many of you may not be aware of, the cost of making good software is coming down dramatically, okay? And so what happens is, used to be a company would come out and say, well, it's going to cost us $5 million to build a software solution for, um, you know, for retailers. So we better build one that's for all retailers, and we, we need to go after the biggest market that we can get. So we're going to make the best features we can that service all these different retail uh, merchant types. Now, the companies are starting up and saying, well, it's only going to cost us $300,000 to build a really good system. So why don't we build it for, um, you know, barbershops? And let's have just a barbershop point of sale experience. So what's happening is, you know, it's it's fragmented because now all of a sudden it's feasible to make a solution that is really for one, you know, one particular vertical and it's becoming a lot easier to build that software. And so, you know, you're going to see this fragmentation of the market to where when we say we do payment processing, we can't think of it anymore in those terms. We have to think of it in terms of payment processing integrated with what technology and think about our strategy in those uh, terms because th that's going to continue to happen. The market's going to continue to be fragmented in that way. And the payment processing companies that recognize that and take advantage of that are going to be the long-term winners in the, in the market. Okay. Um, number three at this kind of high macro level, the third one is a uh, shift to alternate payment methods, okay? Alternate payment methods. Now, I talked about this one in the past on the podcast, but whenever I say this, everybody immediately thinks about Bitcoin, right? That's always where we go is crypto. And I think um, we need to be aware of crypto, certainly, right? Uh, we've seen some really big setbacks lately uh, with the uh, biggest crypto exchanges out there and, and some really big issues um, you know, legally and, and, and things of that nature. So, you know, we've seen issues there, but, you know, these, the cryptocurrency is still not going mainstream just yet. There are some really interesting use cases. And I think we want to be very aware of those and be, you know, cognizant of what's happening there over the next five to 10 years. But when I talk about alternate forms of payment, what I'm talking about is just wallet share. You know, when you think about the traditional merchant account where you're allowing a business owner to accept Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and maybe American Express and Pendebit, right? Those five. When you think about a merchant account that allows a merchant to accept those five, the question is, what percentage of the wallet share does that merchant account get you in a standard merchant location? Now, five years ago, that number was 100%, right? I mean, pretty close. Uh, there just really wasn't, there weren't, weren't any other variables really to that. You know what I mean? Now, today, we have to look at a lot of other things, right? We look at things like P2P. 
Think about Venmo, Zelle, even the, the PayPal has some interesting things going on there. Um, and business owners are accepting that. I got a, an agent reached out to me that said, I got a merchant that is accepting Zelle. How do I switch them over? And it's like, well, that's a whole other conversation, right? Because Zelle is, is free. And so um, they're doing these you know, P2P transactions. So there's, there's certainly value propositions to be made there, but we have to be aware of these switches to P2P. We have to be aware of the switch of going through third-party applications that have their own payment processing built in. Thinking about DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, Groupon, you know, different things like this where the money is flowing to our merchant, but it's flowing through different channels. And we're going to continue to see that increase, right? We're going to continue to see a, a, a growth in that, okay? Um, I do have one more I wanted to mention, actually, this higher macro level I've got. One more I wanted to mention was the, the trend in integrated services, financial services. So the other big trend that we're seeing now, and if you want to see a good example of this, go and look at Block, which is the owner of Square, and look and see all the things they're doing. Go look at Intuit and see all the things that they're doing. Things like business banking services that are integrated into things, um, lending services, right, money management, all of these kind of things. These are all being built into the technology as well, in addition to the payment processing. And so what we're seeing is this shift where we have a fragmented market, right? That's going after all these different, well, I see at the top level, we see a growing industry where more electronic payments are happening now than ever have before. And it looks like that, that trend will continue. We see a fragmented market where we have unique solutions for all these different types of verticals and different business needs, software solutions that can solve a variety of problems that have payments integrated because the cost of creating great software is, uh, is going down. But we also see these new solutions are being built with alternate payment methods in mind, not just crypto, but more pressing things like P2P, um, you know, uh, delivery services, third-party apps. Um, you know, even FedNow is going to be a big shift of, you know, what kind of innovations are going to be built around FedNow, right? Um, and so we got to think through all of those, all of those scenarios, but those alternate payment methods, right? So the alternate payment methods, that's that's just like a uh, you know, a big one. And then you tack on to that at the end. Now we're also seeing all of these other financial services like business banking services and lending and things like that that are also being integrated into these fragmented solutions that are designed for specific verticals. So those are the four at the highest level. Now I want to give you three macro trends that actually feed off of those four. Okay. So if you're, if you're getting a little bit like, oh, James, this is too much information. I get it. Okay. You might need to pause it here, come back and finish the rest a little bit later. I know it's a lot of information, but I really think it's important for us to wrap our mind around these things if we want to be successful in the payment space. Okay. These are things I think about on a daily basis as I work with my consulting clients to make sure that I'm positioning them for success. Right. So um, I've got a few others I want to share with you. Okay. So as a result of these trends, what are we seeing today in our market, all right, in the payments industry, specifically in the ISO agent uh, community, but even the payments ecosystem as a whole? Number one, an exponential increase in the number of ISVs, independent software vendors, an exponential increase in the number of independent software vendors, and I'd even say a really big shift of market share towards existing ISVs. So we're kind of seeing the software world is kind of eating the payments world is one way to look at that, right? So in a real way, payment processing is becoming part of the technology as we've discussed. And now because it's so much less expensive to create software, it now makes sense 
for a company to start up in order to solve a very specific problem for a very specific type of business and have payment processing built in so they can monetize payments, okay? So you wanna be aware of this, right? What are you doing? How is your strategy impacted by that trend? What are you doing to make money off of the fact that there's a lot more ISVs? Or are you just trying to fight against a trend? You know, one thing I think is, is a universally losing strategy over the long haul is when you see an inevitable trend and decide that your strategy is going to be to push back against it. You're not going to push back the tide, okay? If your strategy is saying, well, I hope I can keep selling payment processing for a while until these ISVs all come and take over the industry. That's a bad strategy, right? There's this inevitable push saying the ISVs are coming, <laughs> they're here, and there's going to be more and more and more and more of them. And every time you sell a merchant, there's going to be two or three software vendors behind you that are going to say, wait a minute, why'd you put that terminal in? Why are you using that general solution when you could use our really specific solution that's just for this business type that's integrated with all the right companies and, and does all the right things and has integrated, you know, financial services for your business type and lending. And, you know, they're rolling all of this together and making these unbeatable packages for these individual business types. We're going to continue to see that trend. It's kind of a no brainer. I don't, I've never talked to anybody that disagrees with me on that. Like that is going to happen. So the question is, how does your strategy adjust to that reality? Number two, a significant increase in capital, okay, for the payments industry. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, whenever you see an industry that has above average return on investment, you see an industry where you have growth, right? We talked about the big trend that there's more electronic payments. What's going to follow is going to be capital. And that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing an increased number of investors who want to buy payments companies. Why? Because they can get a good return on their money and they can do different things. They can um, they can uh, specialize and they can add services and they can do things to increase profitability. So, you know, we see an increase in capital. We see private equity firms, uh, quite a few now that specialize only in the payments industry. They're acquiring payments companies, payments technology companies, ISVs, whatever it might be, and they're putting these portfolios together of companies where there's going to be some uh, some shared operating efficiencies, right, and um, and some synergy between them, and they're building these portfolios in, in the private equity world. Uh, we see companies coming out now that are much much more aggressively going to buy merchant portfolios when they realize they can add technology and increase lifetime value. So there's a lot more capital now that's coming into our industry, and you could look at that as either again a good thing or a bad thing, right? If you have big growth plans and you need access to capital to make those growth plans happen, you're looking to go more towards technology, you're looking to build your own ISVs, or you're looking to do, you know, acquire software companies, then you're pretty excited about this increase in, in capital availability and liquidity in our, in our industry. Um, if you're like, hey, I'm going to hang on to this tried and true thing that I'm doing now, and I'm just going to kind of hunker down here and pretend that all the technology people don't exist, um, then this is really bad news for you because when there's more capital, all of a sudden things become more competitive, right? All of a sudden, you know, companies are going to be willing to pay a higher upfront bonus to get a, a sale. Companies are going to be willing to do free equipment just to get a sale. Companies are going to be able to willing to do maybe a lower price point in order to lock in a longer term agreement or to place technology that they know is going to be valuable. So with more capital comes more competition, 
right? Fierce competition, um, things that we need to be on the lookout for. So we see um, an exponential increase in the number of software companies, many of them funded by venture capital, the, you know, many of them funded by private equity firms or, uh, well, not usually private equity for a new one, but, you know, investors and and uh, venture capital and things like that. We see private equity firms, you know, and all of that. So we see this big push of increased capital coming into our industry, uh, availability of capital. Finally, though, number three, and the, the last one here is, a significant shift in marketing tactics. Okay. Um, if you haven't used chat GPT yet, you may not fully understand what I'm, what I'm talking about here, but we're going to see a big shift in the way marketing happens. Okay. And I actually believe this is going to be a good thing for the agents out there and the ISOs with agents, if they can embrace these other trends, you know, the day that ChatGPT went live, uh, the whole concept of blogging um, in, in a lot of ways kind of died. <laughs> and I'll tell you what I mean by that. You know, yes, you still want to have your blog. I'm still going to have my blog. I'm still going to have my show notes. But the truth is, you know, it's so easy now for people to produce long form content uh, that it's going to very quickly become less and less relevant because it's like there's just too much of it. You know, there's so much long form content out there. And, you know, there already was way too much in my opinion, but now it's going to be chat GPT and it's so much easier. So a lot of the content marketing approaches that worked in the past, you know, are not going to work. I think the ones that are going to be most effective now are going to be that face-to-face person-to-person interaction. Those are going to be really, really disproportionately effective because as AI sort of takes over the marketing, the online marketing, and is, you know, creating the image ads and creating the copy for that, you're just going to see so much of it. It's going to be so easy to write a good ad that it's going to become increasingly competitive. And I think you're going to actually see a little bit of a shift back towards people saying, well, I read this online, but I don't know if that was written by an AI or not. Let me talk to a person. And I think that's going to be a real trend that we're going to see as well. But I think marketing has shifted. I actually really believe that um, telemarketing, I know this for a fact, just from what we've been doing lately with some of my own companies, telemarketing is still really effective when you use telemarketing to, to push a content uh, marketing approach. I posted about it on LinkedIn um, recently, but we got to look at these shifts in marketing and look at these shifts in the way that marketing is going to be done. Because however you're marketing right now, um, those things are going to change. AI is having a huge, huge impact on that, um, as well as, of course, social media and the shift in attention to social media and all that. So we got to look at the changing marketing landscape as well and think about how are we generating leads? How are we educating the market? How are we going after our vertical? So those are what I consider macro trends for that are impacting the payments industry in a major way. So think about those trends, maybe take a little bit of time and write those out and think about how is this, how should this be impacting your strategy? Do you, when I say these trends, do they make you afraid? Do they make you feel like, uh-oh, you know, my time is, is running out, you know, or do they make you excited and make you feel like, Hey, you know what? I'm glad these are the trends because my business strategy aligns with these trends. You know, I'm, I'm starting my own ISV or I'm partnered with an ISV or I'm helping ISVs do payments, right? Or wow, I've, that's great. Cause I have a great growth strategy where I'm going after B2B merchants and here's what I'm doing with them. And, you know, are you feeling like, okay, these are good trends and they're going to help me or these are bad trends and they're going to hurt me because the truth is if you're honest with yourself, all the trends I just said, if you wrote them all out, um, I don't think there's any of them where you would look at that and say, I disagree. I doubt it. I mean, you know, I, I'm more than happy to have you disagree with me, but I don't think you're going to disagree with any of the things I just said. So the question is, what are you doing in order to embrace these trends and make money from these trends and be competitive with these trends? 
um, you know, over the next five to 10 years. So my name is James Shepard. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Merchant Sales Podcast. Check back in next week. And I'm going to talk about micro trends and talk about practical implications. What should you as an ISO agent, what should you be doing as a result of these trends in order to make more money and be more competitive? And I'll talk about that next week. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.